The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, I'm Rebecca Lowe, host of NBC's coverage of the Premier League. Welcome along to the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast, where you can get the latest can't-miss content from NBC's coverage of one of the best leagues in the world. Plus, be sure to tune in on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern for Premier League mornings on NBCSN. But for now, we hope you enjoy the latest edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. We open today's show with some breaking news came out in the last 30 minutes. UEFA Today have announced that Manchester City have been banned from UEFA club competitions for the next two seasons, including the Champions League. Man City were found to have committed serious breaches of the UEFA club licensing and financial fair play regulations. Let's take a look at UEFA's statement from just a few moments ago in part saying the adjudicatory chamber having considered all the evidence has found that Manchester City Football Club committed serious breaches of the UEFA club licensing and financial fair play regulations by overstating its sponsorship revenue in its accounts and in the break-even in Information submitted to UEFA between 2012 and 2016. The adjudicatory chamber has also found that in breach of regulations, the club failed to cooperate in the investigation of this case by the CFCB. The adjudicatory chamber has imposed disciplinary measures on Manchester City Football Club, directing that it shall be excluded from participation in UEFA club competitions in the next two seasons and also pay a 30 million euro fine. The decision of the adjudicatory chamber is subject to appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. If Manchester City Football Club exercises that right, the full reason decision of the adjudicatory chamber will not be published prior to publication of the final award by the CAS. Manchester City has released a statement as well. Manchester City is disappointed but not surprised by today's announcement by the UEFA adjudicatory chamber. The club has always anticipated the ultimate need to seek out an independent body and process to impartially consider the comprehensive body of irrefutable evidence in support of its position. In December of 2018, the UEFA chief investigator publicly previewed the outcome and sanction he intended to be delivered to Manchester City before any investigation had even begun. The subsequent flawed and consistently leaked UEFA process he oversaw has meant that there was little doubt in the result that he would deliver. The club has formally complained to the UEFA disciplinary body, a complaint which was validated by a CAS ruling. Simply put, this is a case initiated by UEFA, prosecuted by UEFA, and judged by UEFA. With this prejudicial process now over, the club will pursue an impartial judgment as quickly as possible and will therefore, in the first instance, commence proceedings with the Court of Arbitration for Sport at the earliest opportunity. So to recap, Man City banned for two years of Champions League play, assessed a fine as well, but it is all pending an appeal. As we welcome you in studio, Ahmed Farid, Kyle Martino, and Robbie Musto on the breaking news that came out within the hour here. Two-year ban of the Champions League play for Manchester City for financial fair play breaches <clears throat> pending an appeal from Manchester City. Kyle, your initial thoughts on this story? Um, initial thoughts are if this is upheld, and, and like Peter, we're, we're not lawyers. We don't know how this shakes out, but all we can talk about is if a statement like this that bans one of the biggest clubs uh, in the world right now, a club that Champions League participation is absolutely vital, if not incredibly important, especially in Pep Guardiola's pursuit of getting a Champions League trophy. Um, if it's upheld, it, it's un unprecedented in that financial fair play has 
been used before. Even Manchester City has been fined for breaching its rules before, but, but no one's been knocked out of that competition. And so we sit and sort of wait for more news because it, it does become a bit of a shock to say, how does this impact one of the biggest clubs in the world right now? Mm. And, Robbie, can we get into the financial fair play? What is UEFA trying to achieve with these, with these rules, and well, what do they feel that well, Manchester City has bro- broached? Well, here? it's interesting because it's much maligned. This financial fair play, when it came in a few years ago, and a lot of people around the game said they're not going to be able to figure it out. They're, clubs will get away with stuff that they won't be able to find in their accounts. Well, you know, they haven't. And this situation, you know, UEFA have got every right to throw the book at Man City if they're found to be guilty of this. I mean, basically, the clubs are meant to kind of break even. And the reports in the, the, the statement, the report saying overstating its, its uh, sponsorship revenue is something that's been hinted, again, at Man City, where their ownership of Etihad Airways and everything else and the, and the money that comes into the football club has mm-hmm. come in over a period of time, particularly in the initial period, uh, was excessive the more the club were making. So that's kind of where they're going with this. It's just, it's still a very big wow moment mm-hmm. because nobody ever thought that UEFA would say, right, a club, you're banned from this competition because it's such a huge competition, so important for, for everybody at the football club, City, from the ownership to the manager to the players that we'll get into, talk about. Um, it's going to come down to the court, a court of arbitration for sport that will, that's, that's going to hear the appeal. It's the independent ruling that Man City want and, and are demanding. And, and all eyes on that body, and they've done big decisions before. I'm not sure well, the time frame. We're just figuring everything out right now as you hear this news. But that's where... Everything's going to be decided, and as Carl says, if, the, if, if Cass say that UEFA are right in this, wow, th- this, this juggernaut of Manchester City from the new ownership of Sheikh Mansour and everybody else comes to a grinding halt if European football is gone for two years. Well, and, and Michel Platini, the, the famous French player, when he was in charge and sort of helped to architect this rule way back then, to Robbie's point, uh, the, the problem was the deep pockets of these football clubs, a fine was nothing. And it wasn't really changing the behavior. Mm. If they really were true mm. about we have to change this crazy spending of budgets with bottomless pockets that, mm. that, that don't keep the sporting meritocracy of this great competition, the Champions League, mm. we have to do something. So this is kind of the first big play where they're going to say we're going to actually be more punitive than we've been in the past in a way that hurts some of these clubs because obviously hitting their wallets isn't doing something but appeal process is something we don't know where Cass and other rulings things do tend to go on and don't impact things in the short term because everyone will say now what about Pep yes yeah, what about Pep because there were rumors that this would be his last season at Manchester City even before this news came out earlier today, I mean, Robbie, do you think this hastens his exit from Manchester City? Yeah, probably, yeah. Probably does. Two years without it. Um, if, it's, if it's found to be the, the, the court of arbitration sport um, goes with it, they could win it this season, the Champions League. They're still in there. They play Real Madrid um, very, very soon. So, yeah, I mean, if he wins, he'll probably leave. If they don't win it this season, I mean, I would think he'll probably leave. I mean, that's the whole point of Pep being there from the start, really. He's done a tremendous job. They won the domestic treble last season. But it is the Champions League that they want. So it would be, be very difficult to think this guy who's, who's going to get all the big clubs around you. Juventus is the latest one that want him to go to Italy and win things there. For him to stick around would be, would be difficult. Well, and... and... Let's just for a second, because we can't speculate, say, forget an appeal process and how long it takes. If next season they're not allowed to participate in, mm-hmm. in Champions League, to, to Robbie's point, there are two things that are impacted for a massive club like Manchester City. You have one of the best managers in the world who you did bring to win a Champions League, and it's hard to expect him not to play in the sandbox of the biggest managers for one of the biggest trophies in the world. The other thing is players. It's going to be really hard to attract the type of players. And we see this when clubs, I remember when Liverpool were outside of Champions League or Arsenal were outside of Champions League not being banned but not qualifying we sat on this desk and said it's going to be hard to get the mm. big players because the big players want to play Champions League. Yeah and you, you judge by the statement from City they at least are, are saying the things that would make you believe they feel confident in that an appeal may come out in their favor but that's uh, <laughs> that's yet to see. Well, we just got finished with a, a nil-nil draw, Robbie. Are you surprised with, uh, with the way this one went between Wolves and Leicester City? Not really surprised. I mean, I think we all wanted a better game. Very even, the two sides are playing different ways. 
I mean, we know Wolves have been super effective on a counter-attack. That wasn't really great today. Their fans would argue that they should have had a goal with the offside, but the data, in fact, says that he was offside at that moment in time, back from the corner. Um, I think Leicester was, were very unlucky for Chelsea to get sent off. We look at the highlights, the two tackles, Kyle. Um, it's just we wanted more from the game. And I guess Wolves disappointed me a little bit. But when you think of two, the two sides and Leicester, uh, a good side, i just got to pick out Charles Shoyuncu. The, the Turkish defender was exceptional in this game and he, to me, looks like a brilliant centre-back, one of the best in the league that maybe if, among a few others they might struggle to keep. Well, and then again, um, it's, a, it's a game for Wolves where Adama Traoré comes off the bench yeah. and, he's, and he's an absolute handful and changes the dynamic of, of the match and it's a rare day, I will say, um, Sinunchu, fantastic recruit, what an amazing to go get what they did for Maguire and have him. Mm. Jimenez, the, the, their record signing for Wolves, who's a fantastic player and he's getting it done, had a couple clear opportunities today and you expect him to bury those chances. So I think Wolves happy with a point. Leicester are a great club, um, but they saw that they had some opportunities to leave with three today. We've seen the script before. Teams come into Molyneux and have a hard time scoring this one nil-nil after the full 90... So just to bring you right up to date then, City banned from UEFA club competitions for the next two seasons, fined more than $30 million. They say they will appeal the decision to the Court of Arbitration for Sport. That's a key thing to remember. They are appealing this decision. If City finish in the top four in the Premier League, fifth place will reportedly qualify for Champions League as long as CAS, Court of Arbitration for Sport, upholds this situation. Report from The Independent yesterday, by the way, that the Premier League may deduct points from Manchester City as part of their punishment with regards to this situation. A absolutely massive story that came out yesterday afternoon. Carl Martino and Robbie Musto here in the studio with me this morning. We're going to get to some really interesting details about perhaps how long the appeals process takes in just a moment. But, Kyle, when the news came out yesterday afternoon, your immediate reaction? Uh, stunned. I mean, it was stunning. Not, not in um, the surprise. I think that this has been foreshadowed. It's been looked into, and I think the provocative... Uh, um, the Spiegel, the German publication that had the hacked emails hinted to uh, wrongdoing behind the scenes and an investigation was taking place and everyone kind of knew that. It, it's the... It's the size of the consequences. I mean, to be banned for two seasons from Champions League is a massive, massive statement that would be the biggest, um, I think, statement in terms of supporting financial fair play when Platini and others with UEFA tried to put it in to try and get a grip on oligarchs and, and bottomless pocket owners coming in and turning clubs into super clubs overnight. Um, it's just, it would be, if it's upheld, and, and obviously we'll get into what can happen now and the, and the ramifications, it would be the biggest blow to a football club we've seen in modern day. A seismic day, wasn't it, yesterday? Yeah, I mean, so, so I was more shocked. You know, I was shocked that this happened and that, that UEFA finally did this and banned a club. This financial fair play from, from when they started years ago, a lot of people thought, uh, you know, they're never going to ban a team from playing in the Champions League competition. Well, they've done it. And the size of that is absolutely huge. And the implications to both UEFA for standing by this now and seeing if this goes through, because if it doesn't go through and it's thrown out, I don't know where that leaves financial fair play, by the way, mm. but also implications on Manchester City. And that's what we're talking about today. And the implications for the football club, I think that's, what was that, 12 years now, the current ownership have built this team club and then a global situation based on investment and building to this point. And I just wonder where it leaves the club if Pep decides to go at the end of the season, if it's upheld. I'm sure players will want to go as well. Where does it leave the football club, Rebecca? That's what worries me. And the other thing, the final part, really, in the initial reaction is how it taints everything for me. It taints what they've done, the football that they've played, the trophies that they've won, that they broke the rules and brought in players that others couldn't do that because of these restrictions. I mean, we'll see. Again, this is a lot of accusations. It's very, very serious stuff. And we'll see how the Court of Arbitration for Sport uh, you know, comes out with. Well, let's talk about the appeals process. Mm. The Court of Arbitration for Sport says normally an appeal process like this takes between six and 12 months. However, for very high-profile cases, and you don't get much more high-profile than this, The Athletic this morning is reporting that these kind of cases are heard quicker than most. And also, CAS, Court of Arbitration for Sport, are trying to meet the natural deadlines in 
imposed by the sporting calendar, which means the beginning of the Champions League of next season is early July, which then implies they're going to try and get this done, this completely heard, before the Champions League starts. It's going to be expedited, we think, according to The Athletic. We think this will be fast-tracked. That is a good thing, because then we'll know the final decision before next season can even be implicated. You talked about Pep. You talked mm. about the players. If you're Pep, if you're the players, are you going? I think if I'm Pep, I, I want to go. End of the season. This is not what I signed up for. This is not going to take me, you know, I, I, I deserve to be in the Champions League. I know he's got one more season. He's got this season and one more. Maybe the loyalty to the Barcelona hierarchy, the football club, might mean that he might stay on because if he does go, Rebecca, again, following the players that will probably follow Carl, I just don't know how the club will recover from that. I mean, the challenge ends up being, and, and let's say two years, one year, let's say that it's upheld and that they're out of a competition, the biggest competition you want to be in, and they deal with these enormous headlines. The ramifications are they're in a bit of competitive quicksand because the money it takes to stay in that competition and the money it generates, the revenue that you get, hundreds of millions of pounds gets funneled back into your ability to pay salaries, to, to, to be able to attract players and play transfers fees to pay huge manager salaries if they lose all of that they could be distanced from the front pack so greatly with an inability to spend their way to catch back up manchester city football club and that, may drift and that, into the and that was the whole point wasn't it of was coming in to make city great and after this you know how they do that difficult so robbie musto Marte Vidra, you said at half-time, you said, <laughs> I don't think he's good enough to be Premier League striker. However, I feel like today he'll probably go and prove me wrong. He did. Thank you. Thanks for he that, did. Thank I you did. If I didn't say it, somebody else would. No, fair play to him. It's a brilliant goal. Um, that's just his second goal, though, in two seasons. So, okay, But it always happens. There. It always happens, yeah. isn't it? I always yeah. sort of say Commentators you know, curse, they call exactly. it. Exactly. But no, fair play. It's a brilliant strike, brilliant goal. And to be fair to Burnley, in fact, I got everything wrong at half-time, Rebecca, because I, I thought Burnley would sit back, given their defensive record, and Southampton looked a better side in the first half. I expect mm. him to go on and do better things. Really disappointed with Southampton. I mean, really? That second half performance was, is, is surprised me, shocked me. Burnley found another gear, dominated the game, deserved to win it with our man Vidra. Well done. I mean, Southampton at home this season, yeah. as Jim Pratford said, there are eight defeats now in front of their own crowd. What is going on? Well, and we were sitting here and we, we get to see the tactical camera before the game that shows us the whole stadium. Now, granted, the, the weather was, was horrible. It didn't stop a lot of Burnley fans from making a terrible trip. And so... That compounding issue of if you don't perform and show them something to get them to the stadium to support you so you could perform, yeah. it's this negative spiral they're in right now. And so today they played a very attacking-minded team. Now, Buffal and others uh, had to go out with injury. They had enough threat. They had enough possession. They, they were sloppy and sometimes a bit lethargic where it was just easy for Burnley to kind of shift and play their game plan. So they have to have game changers. Too many guys on, on the mm. team that really don't get something done in the final third. They had that great run, didn't they, around Christmas time and into January won a lot of games mm -hmm. and got him out of trouble thank goodness for that because mm -hmm. that and that performance right there you know that's a relegation type of performance at home with that record you talked about i mean but but they're going to be okay they 31 points they should be okay yeah well as we start today's boot room which will be of course focused on this manchester city news i think robbie the biggest question on everybody's lips and you've been pondering it now mm. for well over 24 hours mm. the future of pep yeah. just talk us through his options in your opinion okay so we know that he's got this season <clears throat> and one more season to do for his contracts now that there's four things that can happen from this point the first one i guess is a simple one that cas court of arbitration for sport don't reach a decision before next season's competition so then he would stay in my opinion he'd stay at the football club for his last year of his contract because city would then be playing in champions league playing, next season if the decision's if not made, they'd right, be playing right. um, so the other three scenarios is that the cas throws it out so City are good again. There's no evidence there and the ban gets, gets taken away. So he stays. He stays. A one-year ban for UEFA. So the last two, a one-year or two-year ban. One-year ban, I think he stays through that. I think that helps the club readjust, mm -hmm. transitions, mitigates the, the sense of guilt and disaster and players wanting to leave immediately. I think he's loyal enough to the hierarchy that he, he knew, of course, from Barcelona. I think he stays. So the honest, only scenario I see him leaving is if they get found guilty before, well, in the next couple of months and it's a two-year ban that is upheld. What's the point of him staying for one more season? Almost like a, not a dead man walking, but what's the point when the season after that there's no European competition? That, that if that's... Upheld, two-year ban, I think he goes this summer. What if they win the Champions League final 
<laughs> and the decision is not You're coming anytime soon. So he's thinking, hang on, I've done the job I was brought in to do. Could he then decide could. maybe yeah. I'll actually could. just hedge my bets and go? He could. Option number five. There's a f- fifth one. So he hasn't got a lot to think Typical about. Typical of you to think of. Typical, it, but... yeah. <laughs> thanks very much, Mossy. Um, <clears throat> from the players' perspective, now there are many reports. Everybody is trying to put their two pennies worth in, mm. Kyle, about what could happen with it, whether it be Pep, whether it be the hierarchy, the future of the club and the players. There are reports that some players, apparently, according to some sports lawyers who've been quoted in this morning's papers, could actually resign from their contracts based on the fact that they are now prevented from earning Champions League bonus payments, which when they signed their deal was in the contract for them ahead. Mm -hmm. If you, as a former player, if you're a Raheem Sterling, it's a horrible situation. (laughs) That's an option for you if it is one. What do you do? Well, and um, let's talk about these agents these days that even when you are getting your bonus, (laughs) even when you are starting, even when you are playing in Champions League, tend to like to create transactions because they tend to make a lot of money when they do so. So, I mean, listen, when the when the doors open because of breach of contract, and by the way, I'm not a lawyer, but when you sign any sort of contract that's based on deal points that now can't be met, that's you know sort of the standard uh, d- uh, definition of breach of contract, um, there's a massive compounding problem here that hinges on Pep's decision, right? Because Pep can make up a, a difference in salary mm. because people enjoy playing with him so much. Um, a lot of uh, big sponsors will sign deals that are contingent on being in Champions League. So, you know, I know when Manchester United were out of Champions League, Arsenal now with their fourth season maybe out of Champions League, Chelsea out of Champions League, they, they see their revenue already go down based on what they're supposed to earn is contingent on these big brands saying, we want to be in the spotlight of the, one of the biggest tournaments on, on the planet. So if financial fair play, which, by the way, is at risk, that's another thing at risk here, uh, you know, UEFA needs this to stick in some form. You know, I, I hate to belittle it, but it's like when my mom would send my brother to his room and my brother's like, I'm not going. And the rest of us were like, that was an option. You know, like, <laughs> so they, this has to stick in some form for financial fair play. Listen, if they are found guilty of what they've been charged with right now, it has to be a marker that says no one can build what they build with creative accounting. But they're going to have a massive problem trying to rebuild without Pep, rebuild without those huge sponsorship dollars that are linked to Champions League, rebuild with a spotlight on them now where they can't kind of mess with some of the accounting. So, yeah, this is a big, big story. Can, can, I, just, can I just go, go back on. to the original question? Would you resign Thank if you it was you? Me. I'm just, I mean, I think it's an incredibly difficult... He has difficult. the right to, because by the no, way, would, he's would you, been, um, If you sat there and you think you can play Champions League football this following season and there's a breach of contract, are you going to be... I'd feel, duped. To say- I'd feel duped to say I came here and now you're tainting one of my biggest accomplishments was winning the Premier League in the style I just did. You guys told me it was all good. You guys told me we could buy these mm-hmm. players. I'm, uh, my face is next to every single band and terrible headline. Not yours. My, you just hurt mm-hmm. my brand. I've got every right to walk away. Mm-hmm. So would you? I, I don't think I would because what I'd want to do is forget this ban. There was a criticism of Pep that he can only do it with money. You know, that Barcelona team, Pep can only do it with money. I think we know that's a bit, it's incredibly unfair. You could throw that money at any team with a different manager. They can't do what Pep was able to do with these clubs. I want to see Pep, just like we've wanted to see Jose build a team that's not a successful winning team. I want to see Pep stick around when he doesn't have all the money to throw at and he doesn't have all that and say, I'll give you a year when we're not in Champions League. I'm not going to leave this a mess, even though I'm allowed to. I'm going to show you that I'm more than the Pep that gets, you know, 90 million pounds for a right back. Would you resign? No, no I, I, I just wouldn't. I, it's just, I don't know, I, soft or, 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 or a sense of loyalty to the club in a, in a, in a dire situation. Um, of course, Carl makes a ton of valid points about that, but I, I, I just, and that's some statement, Rebecca, for, to play, to resign from a club. Have we ever seen that before in terms of, of a uh, legal situation? I don't think so. Yeah. I, not as far as I, yeah. as I know. Now, the other thing, just very quickly to yeah. mention, is the collateral damage that could affect, <clears throat> excuse me, other clubs who, if Tottenham end up finishing fifth, for example, or Sheffield United, do they bolster their squad? Don't they bolster uh, their squad based on the Court of Arbitration for Sports Decisions? It's very difficult. Yeah. Massive ripple effect. This could affect the whole of football, mm. not just Manchester City. Tottenham have got to now be one of the favourites, haven't they, for Champions League place? Yeah, I think fourth or fifth. Yeah, I, I, well, I said that they'll get in the top four. 
and I still think they'll do that. I think they will find a way to get past Chelsea. It's really interesting watching Spurs play now because you're seeing transition. You know, different players. Jetson Fernandes comes on, does a couple of good things. Uh, Ndombele is another player. Lo Celso comes on and looks good. Uh, Bergwijn, the new wide player, has got great pace, got in behind like three or four times. So it, it's changing before our eyes. I still think that they'll grind away and find a way to get in the top four. But they were really stretched by this Villa team today. And Villa... I, mean, I admire the way that they're approaching yeah. it because it's gung-ho maybe is a little bit, but it's, it's go, we'll go toe-to-toe with everybody. We're going to go toe-to-toe, open game of football. We've got great attacking players. Our balance is not at all maybe where it should be. The end of the season, we'll find out, Rebecca, whether this works or not And will for you them. still admire it if they go down? No. No. Because ultimately they've gone down. Well, I mean, and the attitude they took into the Premier League, remember they wouldn't do their parade. They said, we're, we're a massive club. We're not going to celebrate promotion into the Premier League. It, I, and, and their manager's standing there shaking everyone's hand. There's, there's so much to love about the character and the ambition of this club, but it may be celebrated in the league below if they can't just be conservative some games and see results up. You want to say something? Yeah, yeah I, I do. I just want to add, there's a... There, there's going to be good teams relegated, Rebecca. We watched Norwich yesterday against Liverpool, Villa. They look a good side. And there's going to be some good teams that get relegated this season. OK. Robbie Musso, I'm going to come to you because at half-time you were very vocal, you were very critical of Arsenal. My goodness, I mean, that was some response. So they must have heard you. Well, they heard the manager. The manager must have been critical as well because the first half wasn't good. And even from the first kick-off, the first few <laughs> seconds of the second half, you see the forwards running forward, much more energy in their play, much more creativity, just more intensity and more desire to make something happen. They get the two goals in the first 15 minutes where they played really, really well. And then the game was well managed. And then they hurt Newcastle later on in the game to, w- to win 4-0. And the smiling faces deserved and the fans loved it. But for a long period of time... Well, the first half was not good enough, but the manager, I'm not sure he should have to do that. There's been a few times now this season where he's had to get into him a little bit, but he did, and they responded and got their victory, so well done. I know you both have seen progress under Mikel Arteta, <coughs> small pieces of progress at different times, but the fans have had to be relatively patient in terms of the results. How much did they need that kind of win today? Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they needed it so much, and, and more so, I, kind of the players needed it. And, and I think... One could look at the scenes and say those are overreactions. Um, I think a lot of it had to do with Lacazette. They wanted him to get off the mark. They want him to start feeling his confidence again. Now, a manager used to say this to us, and it's a cliche, but you can only beat the team in front of you. That's only the seventh time they've managed to beat the team in front of them. So you have to take wins where they can come. And they've got a really easy schedule right now, and it's about momentum accruing points. And then the challenges against teams that are going to make them, as a litmus test, say, mm-hmm. are we improving under this manager or not? Our Sky Sports colleague, Kevin Solikol, one of the football reporters at Sky, had said in a meeting this morning with the team, the staff and the board, Pep Guardiola told the players, quote, whatever league we're in, I will still be here, even if they put us in League Two, which is four divisions down, I will still be here. This is a time, he has apparently said, for sticking together. And the City CEO, Farron Soriano, told players, quote, trust me like I trust you, this, and he means the case, will be dropped. We'll hear with Carl and Robbie in the studio. It's a really interesting development because we spent the whole weekend, or much of it, discussing the pivotal situation around Pep. Will he stay? Will he go? What will he do? Well, that seems unequivocal. I mean, amazing news. And so important. Uh, stability is everything now. With so many questions in the air and circling that locker room, the dynamics right now, uh, it could fracture a group that still have a lot to play for this season and still have a remarkable project that they're working under. Now, what happens when they appeal, as we expect them to do, with the, the final verdict that comes down, is, is now kind of sort of the cans kick down the road a little bit. And if they were asked in a hypothetical, would you take Champions League or keep Pep? They'd say we want Pep, but we'll keep Pep. So Pep's saying I'm with you. Whatever happens, whatever league we're in, whatever punishment comes down, I'm with you at least until his contract expires, which happens pretty soon. That, that, that is stability that they need right now. Yeah, his contract expires the end of next season, but he mm. is the key. You use the word stability the continuity of keeping this club on track, Pep's key to it. Absolutely, mate. Yeah, I mean, so, so important. And the players, you know, there's, there's talk that Raheem Sterling is saying that he's going to stay as well. And maybe we underestimate the loyalty of, of players and managers and a club that's gone, on, gone through a lot together. What they've won over the last few seasons under Pep and these records and the treble last year, domestic treble last year. Uh, and maybe, you know, they want to keep it rolling. But Pep coming out saying, I'm going to be here no matter what, is so big in terms of the players saying, OK, we'll be here as well, just for the shorter 
period, you know, going and, forward. And for loyalty, just, I mean, if people don't know, they're watching, and I'm sure a lot do, you know, there's a relationship here that got Pep to Manchester City to begin with. Mm. You know, Chiki Bagaristan and, and, and Barcelona um, employees, that he talks so fondly of that club. They're trying to bring a little bit of that ethos to Manchester City, so maybe it's a project that... There were other clubs, super clubs, that wanted him when he came to Manchester City. So I, I'm sure it isn't easy for him to walk away when there are those relationships. Mm. Robbie, can I just cast your mind back to when you were at Middlesbrough a couple of decades ago, was it? Um, yeah. A situation not the same, but had similarities. So that where you found yourself in then and where the City find players find themselves in now. Just explain to us what happened. Well, late, late 90s, we were struggling in the Premier League and we had a, a fixture away at Blackburn who were also struggling. And we did have some injuries and some ill players. And the club said to us, almost a day before, Rebecca, we don't think we can fulfil this fixture. We can't put a team out. And we're, we've been OK by the Premier League to, to, to do that. So we didn't go to Blackburn Rovers. And a few days afterwards, boom, we were hit with a punishment, a three-point deduction for our football club, which jumped us down the league into relegation zone area. Now, we weren't having a great season, but the club had said to us in the following week or so, we've hired this very expensive lawyer to get these three points back. And we are incredibly confident that we can get them back. So as a group of players, that really did galvanise us, make us say, you know what, we're going to get these points back, kept us on board, and to try and get the best results that we could. Now, about six weeks, two months before the end of the season, we lost the appeal. And the three points were gone forever. And we were devastated. And we got relegated. On the back of other things that happened that season as well, it's kind of an incredible season, but we got relegated by two points that season. And those three points were the reason we got relegated. But the hope that the club had given us, saying that this guy is going to get the three points, kept us going, Rebecca. And, you know, I don't know whether the ownership here and the, and the chief executive saying the same thing to City in terms of we're going to, you know, this is going well, to be dropped said, on us. He said, trust me like yeah. I trust you, this is not going to happen. So you think that was, is the right way of handling it from Ferran Soriano to what? basically say, don't worry, it's not going to happen? We believed it back right. then. We believed it when... Uh, top guy is, is telling us things like that and I think the players will say, you know, I think they'll believe him as well. But is there a problem that if, if the Court of Arbitration for Sport brings the verdict forward because they are expediting it mm. and let's say the verdict comes in in April and it's upheld... Then the players might feel differently. Mm. And it's OK being a loyal choice, now. Though? You know, if Seriano is an incredibly experienced you know, CEO. Does he have another choice? He, he could not say anything. Mm. He, he could say, we're not sure how this shakes out. Or he could try to instill belief to say, listen, we don't... And, and he must believe it or is trying to say the right thing. Mm. You know, we're, we're going to win this. Yeah. But this begs the biggest question out of all of this. Mm. Yeah. Did you, did you, well, did you stay with, with Middlesbrough? Or did I, you go? I did end up staying. We got relegated. But, and a few of the high-profile guys left the club which, again, could happen at City, but mm. we bounced back again and got back oh, in the Premier League. Loyal old Robbie Mustard. There you go. Right? He'll stick with you through the... They sold me a year after. First of all, Robbie, Harry Maguire's day. Well, I think he's looking to stay on the field to play. Uh, there's a kick out there that's violent conduct. You see him going to ground there. It's a definite kick out into the player, right between the legs of Batshuayi there. Again, we get three looks at it there, and you can clearly see what's happened there. And VAR checked it. Of course, no, nothing was given at the moment, and, and then end off was no violent conduct, and it was allowed to stay on the field of play. Now, precedent, we showed it at half time. We found this in the archives in December, Hyungmin Son. Yeah, I mean, this is just before uh, Christmas time, and Hyungmin Son here is very similar. Again, there's a kick out from a similar position, just grazes the side of the body, and at the time, I remember thinking, yeah, probably is a red card given the interpretations right now. Uh, and, and that's the inconsistency. Same referee, same on the field referee, different VAR guy. Um, it's just the inconsistencies that, that's frustrating for everybody uh, between different officials. So many believe Maguire should have been sent off, but actually he went on to score the second. Yeah, it seems to happen quite a bit, doesn't it, when a player gets away with something a little bit and it's a clean, good header into the ground, into the back of the net. You agree? One of those situations where Maguire should have gone... Yeah, and, and whether Robbie or I feel it's a red card or, or not, it's kind of just push that aside and say that's irrelevant at this point. Right now, what we're hoping for is VAR sets a precedent and a line and, and, and calibrates this whole system for us where we can say, based on what we've seen before and based on video evidence, we know what's going to happen. They've, they've completely thrown that out the window now because we have two, I mean, a facsimile, like an identical situation that we said, well, this has to be a red card based on what we've seen before. And now we just don't know what to know, what to think. And, and here's the thing, too. They've been told recently, go over and look at the, at the center ref. Go over and look at the video. 
If the center ref says and goes and looks over at the video and the screen on the side now, which they weren't supposed to do back in Sun's uh, red card, but now we're asked to do, and he doesn't think it's a red card after he gets a chance to look at it, I, I can live with that. I think everyone can live with that. But but they're just VAR keeps getting two steps forward and then we, and then we one didn't step think we'd back. be dealing with inconsistencies, Rebecca. But it's still human they, being, though, Robbie. It's just two yeah, different human exactly, beings. Exactly. That's the problem, exactly. right? So that's the problem. So it's officials more than the system, isn't it? It's the, right. it's the video assistant referee today that didn't think that was, and we saw another one. And, it, and as Carl says, if you put it in the responsibility to the referee in the middle, he can go across, and then we feel better about it. Well, he was there right there, he's had another look, and that's his decision, and, and we're okay it's with basically it. basically, now we have re-refereeing by referee. That's not there. This is a subjective call that the referee on the day, if we feel we're not really sure... And, and you say, listen, you got to go check this yourself. We think it's a red card, but this is your call. You're yeah. reffing the game. Then he can go You're check You're saying it. the referee should re-referee himself on the side of the yeah. pitch. If, 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 if we're going to re-referee the game. Okay, yeah. that's a lot of re-refereeing. <laughs> okay, Harry Maguire has just spoken. Here he is. Also, a few heart-in-the-mouth moments tonight, particularly for you, with a potential red card for what looked, to be honest, like a kick out at 0-0. I can see why I felt like at the time... Um, I knew I caught him, but I felt like he was going to fall on me. My natural reaction was to straighten my leg to, to try and, if he was to fall on me, to hold him up type of thing. Obviously, I've got studs on my boots, and it probably looks worse than it was on on um, on TV. But no, it was my natural reaction just to try and... It wasn't a kick-out. It wasn't any intent or anything like that. It was just my natural reaction to straighten my leg. Um, and, and if he was going to fall on me, just to hold, hold him up, really. And um, I knew... I did catch him, and I knew at the time... Um, but no, I think it's the I think it's the right decision in the end. So it sounds like it might have been quite a worrying moment while it was being reviewed for you. Yeah, definitely, because I knew at the time I, I did catch him, but I knew at the time I didn't have no intent to, to hurt him or kick him. Um, it was literally just a natural reaction to, to straighten my leg. It wasn't a kick. Um, obviously, I've got studs on the end of my boots, so it probably makes it a little bit worse. But no, I, I apologise to him, but no, it was, a, it was nice that the referee seen sense. Natural reaction, just a, just a straight, straight <laughs> in my leg. Are you buying I it? didn't punch him, he ran into my fist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair play, he's come out with an explanation. Yeah. Yeah, You're just, buying it? I'm not really buying it. Okay. I, mean, I think there was a little bit of intent towards that instead of okay. worrying about him falling on him. But I, fair play. I mean, Absolutely. that's the way to try and... Absolutely. It's good spin. Yeah. <laughs> it is, OK. All right, unfortunately for Chelsea fans, there was more disappointment with VAR again when they thought that they had a goal. Kyle, again, it was, uh, in your opinion, it was wrongly ruled out. Yeah, I mean, this is probably one of the worst days for VAR since, since they brought it into the Premier League. And, and this I just can't, I, I can't accept. And the guys did really well talking about it in, in, the, comment, in the commentary. You have to see this push here from Fred. There, there is no push on Williams. It's a domino effect. Just like when we go back and look at offside before we look at a penalty claim. You have to see the foul before the foul. And, and the fact that we thought when we were looking at it, that's not, even a, that's not even a foul because he loses his balance based on the push behind him. We're not talking about, we're not even in the realm of clear and obvious error. It's not even a foul. Okay. How much has VAR then distorted the result? That's the bottom line. I don't know. It's, 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 with so many swings and roundabouts, Rebecca, are different. I, I think the first one, Maguire, on 21 minutes, that's a big call because okay. that does change the game totally. After that, who knows? But it does come back to, to, to human beings. And the system is there to look, and you just hope the, 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 the officials, whether it's on the field or in Stockley Park, make the right call. And, you know, that, just back to that push. You know, he, you're going into somebody. He pushed him into uh, Brendan Williams. And what are you going to do? Just bang into him? You, you're going to put your hands up to stop yourself from falling. If I push Carl into you, you know, he's going to naturally do that. So that was another really and, bit of poor referee. And here's the shame. This is a great game in so many ways. A huge win for Manchester United with the implications of going to Stamford Bridge, doing the double this year on Chelsea, mm. trying to challenge for top four. And, and we didn't get much time to talk no. about that because VAR is getting things so wrong that we're losing what's the beautiful thing to talk about. Pep, it's the first chance we've had to hear from you since the UEFA announcement on Friday night. So if I could start with that. Firstly, what is your reaction to the decision? After the game, when you want to talk, we we'll talk uh, whatever you want. So now focus, uh, focus on what we have to do. We can control, just try to play our games. OK, if we can just focus on the football side of it then. What's been the impact on your preparations? What's been the impact on your players? By the first moment, it was impact, but... Uh, after a few hours, so we cannot uh, control. We support the club 100%, and what you have to do is uh, our games. 
Has it been a bit of a, a burden on you to lift your players and get them in the right mindset? They are in exceptional professionals. What do you expect within the stadium tonight in terms of a reaction and an atmosphere? I don't know. Hopefully they can help us uh, here until the end of the season. What it's happened in the last seasons all the time. So and play our game and and hopefully the people. I know it's not the perfect day to come. It's Champions League at, at home. It's raining, uh, but uh, we have to play for the people we are here. Okay, you've made five changes to your team from the Spurs game. Is that a reaction to the Spurs game? Is that you looking ahead? <laughs> no. No. Uh, I would like to play today the, the, the same way we played in, in against the Spurs. Try to score goals and try to, re, you know, do the chances we create. But every game is completely different. I decide for these players after 10 or 12 or 15 days without game. So everybody's fit, everybody is, is ready. But we have game in two more days, three more days. We have a Leicester away and after Champions League. So that's why everyone is going to try to, to play these games. With the schedule you've had and what you've been through in the last five days, are you desperate to get on with this? Too? Are you desperate to get on with the game? Well, we are professionals, we want to play games, so we had a break, it was good for all of us, so imagine for the West Ham players as well, so a few days off with our families and after back to the business to, to do our training sessions and, and play games every three or four days that it's happened in the last three or four years in this club or the last years we play all the time in Champions League so play regularly so it's not a problem okay. Speak more after, thank, thank you. you so much Cheers. Cheers Interview over and not necessarily the easiest interview to conduct we'd have to say Robbie mm. but Pep Guardiola in position, talking about it to the extent that he can, really. What else is he supposed to say? Well, that's right. I mean, he's, he's totally playing it down. He's playing it down at what the, uh, the players have reacted with it. Of course, they've had this uh, little winter break, which is good for them. Um, awful news right towards the end of it, I'm sure, about that club. He says he's going to talk about it afterwards, which is interesting, because maybe he's got something strong to say. Maybe he doesn't want to do that before the game kicks off to try and, you know, get anybody talking what they shouldn't be talking about before the game. So it'll be very interesting, of course, to listen to what he says afterwards and see if it's something different from the party line, which you would expect that they're all sticking together, which it seems that they are. I, th I think the, the part about the fans is interesting. I'm sure he would love to see a good reaction from the supporters, Derek. And it's a, we saw the, the weather conditions. It's a miserable night. It's wet. It's not a, a glamour tie against a, a weak West Ham side, but he'd love to see a little bit of togetherness, a little bit of atmosphere uh, and sticking behind the club and the players and him uh, during this difficult time. Yeah, they've got to let the football do the talking on a night like this. Yeah, which they can. I mean, the, he talks about changes and stuff, and he'd like to play the same way against Spurs. He would, but they've got to be better than that. I mean, I know he's got five changes uh, to his lineup. Laporte is a very positive thing for him to come back into the side. But when you can bring in Bernardo Silva, Gabriel Jesus, who scored goals this season as well, you've still got a really, really great squad of players. And he, he's desperate tonight for a good performance, a, a good atmosphere. And then we'll just have to wait and see what he says afterwards. And, and hopefully it's something that we can, we can get into. Well, for more reaction to Manchester City's ban, we now welcome in our colleague from Sky Sports, reporter Cave Sonicol. Cave, you've been all over this story. Based on your reporting, how would you sum up the mentality of those at Manchester City with regard to the investigation and the punishment? Well, the men who run Manchester City are very defiant. They're not taking this lying down. They're going to fight it all the way, and they have very deep pockets. We saw this uh, interview today, a very, very rare interview with the Manchester City chief executive, Farron Soriano, and he said again that as far as he's concerned, Manchester City are innocent, and they will do everything they can to clear their name. What you have to bear in mind, though, is that this interview was done with a Manchester City club employee. The man asking the questions in this interview was the editor-in-chief of Manchester City's official club website. So this was not a hard-hitting interview. Uh, for instance, I'm sure if an independent journalist had been asking questions, uh, they would have asked questions, for example, about these hacked emails, uh, maybe presented these hacked emails to the chief executive and asked him for an explanation about their contents. An independent journalist also may have asked Mr Soriano about his own future at the club, whether he had considered his position, because he's been Manchester City's chief executive for eight years, and in that time they've been found guilty twice by UEFA of breaking these financial fair play rules. But the message 
we were getting from Fran Soriano, although it was tightly controlled through an official uh, club medium, was that he was not going to take this lying down. Manchester City would carry on fighting. And as far as he was concerned, they were going to get a fair hearing at the Court of Arbitration uh, for sport. He didn't fear, feel they'd got a uh, fair hearing at UEFA, although he didn't really present any evidence uh, as to why he thought that UEFA hadn't handled this properly. You have to bear in mind that the chief investigator uh, at UEFA looking at this case was the former Prime Minister of Belgium uh, and one of the chief judges uh, who gave Manchester City uh, this punishment uh, used to be a very high-ranking judge in the European court. So from the outside, it looks that the men who looked into this case, investigated and judged Manchester City were independent. But of course, according to Manchester City, uh, they were not independent. Manchester City do not trust UEFA. They don't trust the process at UEFA. That is why they're going to appeal to the Court of Arbitration for sport. You spoke about the future there, Cave. What does it mean in terms of the future of Pep Guardiola and the City players with this cloud of uncertainty hanging over City? Uh, well, let's start with Pep Guardiola. His contract at Manchester City uh, runs out not this summer, but next summer. And significantly, he has never broken uh, a managerial contract in his career. And our information is that in private meetings uh, with the Manchester City players, he's told them that he is staying at Manchester City. He is not leaving, even though he's said to have a break clause in his City contract, which would mean that he could leave the club this summer. Now, as far as the players are concerned. I've been speaking to sources close to some of those players in the Manchester City dressing room and what I've been told is, look, they trust the owners of Manchester City. All they are focusing on at the moment is football matters. These are footballers. They're only interested in playing the game. They're not interested in business matters or legal matters. They are being briefed by the board at Manchester City about what is going on, but all they're focused on is playing football, winning games. And I think what they really, really want to do is win the Champions League this season. Of course, they're playing Real Madrid uh, next week in the round of 16. But imagine what a story it would be if Manchester City got to the Champions League final in Istanbul this summer and lifted the European Cup in front of all those UEFA executives who'd banned them uh, from the competition for the next two seasons. We're almost out of time, Kave. Just briefly, what does your gut tell you about what the final outcome will be? Will this ban be upheld? I've got a funny feeling that this ban may be reduced or even overturned because, as far as I'm concerned, Manchester City are richer than UEFA. They can afford better lawyers than UEFA. And we've seen in the past a lot of football clubs have gone to the Court of Arbitration for Sport and had these decisions overturned. So, personally speaking, for what it's worth, I would be surprised if Manchester City were banned from the next two editions of the Champions League. I've got a feeling this ban may be reduced or even overturned. Overturned. Pep, after perhaps not the easiest build-up, what about that performance from your players? Really good. So we concede, we concede uh, chances. We scored two goals. We created many. Uh, team one defense so so deep, strong in in there. But uh, yeah, we play we play good. What about Amrik Laporte's impact tonight? And his qualities make such a difference to your team. What is it about him? Well, it's a long time didn't play, so four or five months play in the last game against Sheffield, and after it was a break, and he needed rhythm, but uh, uh, yeah, special quality, experience, good build-up, uh, have all the qualities to play with us. And next season, last season, with uh, him, with uh, Bini and Nico and John, we, we were a very good team. So we miss him a lot, and hopefully he's back and and can play until the end of the season regularly. Still looking for a bit more confidence, a bit more ruthlessness in front of goal? Yeah, we should. But the important is the game is always there. Our, way, our game is there. And one day we're going on luck and we're going to score more goals. What about Kevin De Bruyne's performance tonight? Man of the match again? But Kevin, when, you know, his feet and... Yeah, it's an, an exceptional player. So, have vision and... And yeah, uh, it was he, he played really well. So you said before the game that after the match you would speak about the ban, FFP, 
UEFA, what would you like to say? Ask me. <laughs> okay. Firstly, what is your reaction to it? It's not finished. So the club, because he believes uh, is unfair, so we're going to appeal and, and we're going to wait. So only we can do the people is on the pitch to continue to do what we have done the last four years and try to win games and focus on that until the end of the season. And after that, we're going to wait. And I trust completely 100% with my club what they have done because they explain me what happened, the reason why. And, and now we're going to appeal and we're going to see. What impact did it make? You said before the game it came as a bit of a shock. How did it affect you and the players? We just spoke, we have a deal, so we're going to fight like we fought every single game and every single day when we are together uh, until the end of the season. So we are optimistic that uh, at the end the truth will prevail and the next season, if you qualify for the next season for the Champions League, be that. I think the concern maybe for City supporters is not just whether they're in the Champions League or not, it's do they keep their star players? Do they keep you as manager? Do they? I will. Uh, if they don't sack me, that can happen. But if they don't sack me, I will stay here, hundred uh, percent more than ever. So, first because I want to stay, not because uh, it's something special. So, uh, more than the contract that I have. So I said before, I say now, and I will say until the end of my contract, I want to stay. I want to help the club to continue to help them if it's possible to maintain this level as long as possible. Did you say to the players, even if they put us in League Two? I will stay. That's what's been reported. Why should I leave? When I said before a month ago, I love this club, I like to be here, why should I leave? So, more than ever, never in this situation. I'm, I'm optimistic and uh, the end is finished good. Um, me personally, every case is every case, but we spoke with the players in next Three months we are still here. We're going just to focus what we have to do, and after we'll see at the end what is the sentence. But uh, personally, no matter what's happened, I I will be here. I I won't be here next season. Thank you, Pep. Well done tonight. Very welcome. Cheers. Well, you heard it from Pep Guardiola. As long as they don't sack me, <laughs> I will be here. I don't no. think they're going to be sacking no. him anytime soon. No, he's staying. I mean, that's just definitive. Um, it doesn't smack smack me of a guy that that does something different to what he says. We know from, from earlier on, we talk about it, that he's, he's seen every contract to previous clubs. He's not going, which is great news for the club. The whole interview was, was very much like normal business. You know, we're, we're going to play every game, you know, like last season and the last four seasons. They've got big games coming up. Champions League against Real Madrid. They've got the League Cup final against Villa. They've got an FA Cup game against Sheffield Wednesday. So he wants it to be exactly the same until somebody tells him, I guess... That, that, that something changes, he is still going to be there and trust his club. That was a big quote, that he trusts the football club. I just, I just wonder what happens. Does his feelings change if the ban is upheld by yeah. Cass? I mean, that, that's the, the big question. Because uh, they're all acting as though they're going to, they're going to get away with it. Yeah, he trusts his club. The club explained to Pep what happened. They should be absolutely fine. It should get rejected. Um, of course, when that, that, that ruling comes in, that's the time that we all should think, well, what's going to happen right now? But I tell you what, that's great that he comes on camera and says, I'm staying here. The club, the players will appreciate that as well. Um, and for next season, he's going to be at the club. That does it for this edition of the Premier League on NBC podcast. Be sure to check out other episodes where you'll get a collection of our most spirited in-studio debates as well as exclusive on-site access. Plus, don't miss out on Premier League mornings on weekends at 7 a.m. Eastern on NBCSN. I'm Rebecca Lowe. Bye for now. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.